Maybe you lift your hands to the Lord. Maybe you bow your head. Maybe, maybe you just go to that place with the Lord of praise and worship and sacrifice and surrender. Jesus, we bless you this morning. We honor you, God. Thank you for your sacrifice, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness, Jesus. Or we love you and we declare your faithfulness, God. Pastor Johnny's going to going to pray over us, going to pray in regard to Memorial Day, those that have lost their lives, those that have lost family members, those that are serving. Pray for our nation. Pray for our men and women in uniform. Will you join us in prayer this morning? Praise you, Jesus. Praise our Heavenly Father. Father God, I just want to to begin this prayer with thanks. Thanks that you are with us. Thanks you, Jesus, that you're at the right hand of God and you sent your Holy Spirit, your spirit to be with us today and for eternity and to be with us and be among us, Lord. So we glorify you. I lift your name on high because you know what's best for us, Lord. You're loving, you're kind, you're faithful. You are so faithful, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, on this Memorial Day, I think as a soldier, I think about the soldiers, the police officers, the firefighters who have given their lives for us. I thank you for men and women who are willing to live your words. No greater love than this than a man give his life for his friends. I thank you for men and women who are willing to live out your word, be hearers and doers of your word, Lord Jesus. But then this morning I read Mark 15, and I recognize that Memorial Day is your day, Jesus, because we should remember what you did for us, how you were beaten, how you were, how you were put to shame, how you buried all our sins on a cross for all of us, just not for the United States, but for all of humanity, for all of creation, and for all of our souls. Any internal salvation that has eternal, eternal significance for each one of us, Lord Jesus. I don't want to minimize the sacrifice that your sons and daughters have, play, have, have paid, Lord, the blood that was shed but I don't want to forget the greatest sacrifice of all. When God came down from heaven and lived amongst us and gave his life on a cross. Lord Jesus, I pray for those in this congregation who have been affected by this, this virus, this sickness. But I remember your words that God has given you all authority. And this virus is subject to your authority and everything that comes against your people, that comes against your church, that comes against your word is subject to your authority. And you have all authority in heaven and in earth. 
for eternity to eternity, forever and ever. You have all authority, Jesus. So I pray on this Memorial Day that we will remember you, that we will remember the fallen, and that we will be one. And John 17, you said that you are in the Father and you would have it that we would be in you, that we would be one. That we would remember you and remember those as one. And that your Memorial Day wouldn't just be one day. That we would be one and remember you and live like you forevermore. And that we would give you glory. That we would give you honor. And that we would praise you in all we do and how we live and how we speak. So you would be exalted. We praise you, Lord Jesus, and I pray over the voices, the, the people that hear my words, that they would know that you love them, that you care for them so much, that you gave your children, your sons and daughters, to sacrifice it all for them. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. Jesus because you are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Thank you, Pastor Johnny, for leading us near to the Lord. Whew. Thank you, worship team. We love you guys. I know it's a little bit warmer. You know, the weather.com says it's about 70 degrees, and I think they're about 15 degrees off. Amen? So uh, I'm only going to preach an hour and a half today. <laughs> amen. Y'all better quit amening me, because I might just do it. Uh, excited to be here. Thankful, uh, thankful that... We'll be able to be back in the building very soon, Lord willing, next week with two services. We'll be giving that information out as we discover uh, the new guidelines and different things. And uh, But uh, it's been a blast. Last week we got rained out, or did we? But hey, that's the weather for you. I'm, I've prophesied six days of dry weather, so I'm not sure, but there it is. So, so how many of you have been... Uh, changing up your life, changing up your schedule during this quarantine time, right? It's been, it's been kind of chaotic, been kind of different, been, uh, been just, uh, we're just doing new things, right? We're kind of just coming at it different. I've, I personally have been enjoying my time with my kids uh, because I have had the privilege and the opportunity to introduce them to 80s movies. And, uh, and they're going to they're gonna survive and they're going to thrive in spite of it. I want you to know, in one of my favorite 80s movies uh, or series of movies is Indiana Jones. Anybody like Indiana Jones? Come on, right? Come on. And um, one of the iconic scenes in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, at the very beginning, Indiana Jones is running out of the uh, tomb where he's gotten the, the golden statue. And all of a sudden, as he comes through this one doorway, this giant rock begins to roll down from from above him. You guys remember that scene? 
and he's running, and he has to run, and this giant rock is chasing him down this tunnel, and it's gonna, like, he, he just has to run as fast as he possibly can, and he is pushing it, and he is going after it, and he is trying to get away from this rock, this huge rock that's gonna, that would just crush him and destroy him and kill him, and as a kid, I remember having bad dreams about that rock, right? I remember waking up in the middle of the night having dreams of, of this giant rock you know, following me or rolling behind me, and I was just scared to death. So naturally, I, I, I let my kids watch it this, this, past, this past couple weeks. And um, so, I mean, they've only been in our bed every night now, so it's all good. But, uh, man, I remember that. But some of you have that, some of you know that feeling of that, of that, of that heavy weight, that rock rolling after you. But instead of that rock, it's not that rock. It's, it's that you're trying to escape and outrun your past, Because your past is heavy, and your past is something that you feel that, that you can't get away from. Maybe it's past sin or past shame or a life of addiction, some pain, disappointment, unhealthy relationships, bad choices that, that seem to follow you through your life. Disappointment discouragement, regret. And the reality is those things seem to follow you and you can't, you can't get away from them. You can't escape them. But the reality is you're here, right? You're here at church on a, on a beautiful day when you could be anywhere. And so it, it stands to reason that, that you love Jesus and you're following Jesus and, you, and you're a new creation in Christ and you're looking to the future and you're saying, Jesus, I don't want to live in the past anymore. I don't want to live the way I used to live in sin. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to live for you, Lord. Hey, right, amen. And, and so um, you're a new creation and you're looking to the future and you're saying, God, I want to live for you and I want to I be different but you're still trying to get away from some of those things that were in your past and you can't seem to outrun them. They always seem to catch up with you, right? You ever felt like that? They always seem to get to you when you're weak or when you're tired or when you're lonely, trip you up, get you off course, get you in a bind, get you jammed up. So today I want to preach a message called, How to Escape Your Past. How to Escape Your Past. In Genesis 27, Jacob had gotten himself into trouble. He'd gotten himself into a situation, into a predicament. He cheated his brother, he had lied to his father, and um, he had stolen the birthright, he had stolen the blessing through deception. And now he was running. He was, he was running for his life. He was doing whatever he could to get away from those past decisions, those past issues, that past conflict. So he was going. He was going to a new land. He was going to find a wife, right? I had to go to a new land to find a wife. I had to go to a land called Puxico. But his grace was sufficient for me. Right, baby girl? She ain't even looking. She's shamed. I had to go to a land called Puxico to find you, honey. You there? Okay, okay. Making sure. 
Amen? Okay, good. Um, so Jacob was going to a new land to find a, his wife. And, um, but on his way to find a, a wife, Kenny, he, and, uh, and on his way to get away from his past, he, he met God. He met God. Genesis chapter 28, verses uh, 10 and 11. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place. Everybody say, a certain place. A certain place, and, and he stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. You see, verse 11, Jacob travels all day and he lays down to sleep. And the text says that he puts a stone under his head. But every commentator that I read and every scholar that I read says he takes this stone and he puts it by his head as a means of safety. He put his head up against the stone as a way to protect himself. What would he be protecting himself from? Well, um, from falling rocks, from the attack of an enemy. Maybe he was afraid that his own brother Esau would find him and try to attack him in his sleep. That's the kind of place Jacob was in in his life. And you see, the first step in escaping our past is to get into a safe place. To get into a safe place with safe people, with healthy biblical teaching and unconditional love and grace and people to encourage us and strengthen us and pray with us, not tear us down. Amen? Amen. And as we try to escape our past, the reality is not every place is safe and not every person is a safe person. Some people are there to take advantage of our weakness, right? Some people, are they mean well, but they hurt us with religion instead of teaching us the way of Christ. So the first step in escaping your past is to get into a safe place. Second, verse 11, in that safe place, Jacob was able to rest like maybe he hadn't rested in years. Have you, ever, have you ever had something break or shift in your life and, and you had anxiety or you had stress or you had fear and all of a sudden that situation was relieved or that situation changed and all of a sudden you could, you could breathe again, you could sleep at night again. You ever been there? Right? I see some hands in the air. You see the second thing, the second thing we need to do in escaping our past is we have to learn to rest. And for Jacob, it was to rest with his head by the stone. But for us, we rest in his grace. We rest in his forgiveness. We rest in the fact that we are forgiven. We rest in the fact that Christ went to the cross and paid the price for our sins and we are made free from them and cut loose from them through Jesus. You see, we have to learn to Sabbath, to set aside time to be alone with God. And we learn to rest in his love and his acceptance and his grace instead of trying to earn it, right? You ever tried to earn it? You ever tried to earn the love of God? We can't earn it. It's, it's freely given. It's a free gift, freely given. 
You see, Jesus didn't come, or Jesus didn't say, come to me, all you who carry heavy burdens, and I'll put you to work right away. I'll wear you out. I'll use you up. Jesus says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls. Then I'll teach you how to live my way, right? Amen. Because when we rest, truly rest, what happens? God begins to speak. Let's look. Verse 12, it says, And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder, ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. You see, Jacob had this fascinating vision of a ladder and with angels coming up and down from heaven and the Lord standing at the top. And this ladder in Hebrew is actually more like a staircase, okay? Like the ones that armies build when they're trying to get over the wall of a city, right? You ever watch one of those movies you know, from medieval times and, the, and they build up this wall, this ramp, with steps, and the, and, the, and the opposing army will build it up until it gets over the wall, and then the soldiers will go over into the city and conquer it. You see, this morning, what's the point? What's the point? Jacob needed to become aware that there are spiritual things happening in the world that he could not see with his natural eyes. You see, Jacob needed to become aware that there were spiritual battles being fought in the world, good and evil, angels and demons, God and Satan, heaven and hell. Because third, to escape your past, we need to become aware of the spiritual things around us and the spiritual battles that are being fought on our behalf. The spiritual battles for our soul for our kids, for our family, for our marriage, for our freedom from sin, right? For our purity. And these are spiritual battles that are being fought. And so we, we need to be, it needs to become real to us that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. And we battle in prayer. We battle in declaring the word. We battle in living the way Jesus told us to live. <clears throat> And the reality is we learn how to stand in prayer and we learn how to stand on the word and we learn how to discern spiritual things, <laughs> right? And that's how, that's how we get ourselves cut loose from the things that the enemy wants to pull us back into in our past. We learn to discern good from evil. We learn to discern holy from unholy. We learn to discern godly from ungodly, and we walk in that discernment. We walk in that wisdom. We walk in that awareness that there's more than just the things that we see, but there is a spiritual, supernatural plane that exists. <clears throat> and here, hold on a second. That doesn't mean we need to become superstitious. Some people think they're supernatural, but they're just superstitious. Right? And that doesn't mean we need to become superstitious about our beliefs. We need to become biblical about our beliefs. And we need to be careful looking 
looking for demons under every rock and in every closet. Yes, demons are real. Yes, angels, angels are real. But we need to have a balanced biblical perspective. We need to be supernatural, but not superstitious. Woo! So without becoming superstitious, we need to engage the supernatural, and that will help us escape our past. Third, third, um, oh, I'm lost. Third, to escape our past, we need to realize what? Who was at the top of the, who was at the top of the ladder? It was the Lord, right? We need to realize that we can only move on from our past in Christ. Verse 13 says, The Lord himself stood at the top of the stairway, and, and he reminded Jacob of the promise of a new land and a new life, and saying, if you want to go to a new place, you have to come through me, right? Sometimes, sometimes we want to go to a new life, and we want to cut ourselves loose from our sin. We want to cut ourselves loose from our past. We want to cut ourselves loose from the brokenness and the issues that and the trouble that sin has gotten us into, but we don't want to go through the cross. Amen? We want, to go, we want to skip straight into freedom without going to the cross, the place, where, the place where our flesh dies and the place where Jesus makes us new on the inside, right? I mean, I'm shaking my, come on. I need to preach more often with a towel, I'm telling you. You see, this is a picture of Jesus in John 14, 6. He said, Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And the reality is that freedom from our past only truly comes in Jesus. We can go to a new place, right? We can hang out with new people. We can even go to church, and I think we should go to church. Uh, but the reality is nothing will change on the inside of us until we come to Jesus and we make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. And we don't let Jesus deal with the inside of us, we'll just take our past with us and we'll relive it over and over and over. Amen? Wow. Verse 15. Let's get there. It says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. You see, one of the biggest obstacles in escaping our past comes when we feel alone and isolated and like we have to go back to what's familiar to not be alone anymore, right? You see, the enemy... The enemy doesn't, um, he, he knows, he knows, right? He knows when we're the weakest. He knows when we're most susceptible. And it's when we're tired and alone and isolated. And I know that we've been isolated and quarantined, right, for a couple of months now. But if we haven't entered into the presence of God this whole time, We've misunderstood the access that we have to God and Jesus, right? Come on, that's, that was a good place to amen. If we haven't been in the presence of God this whole time because we haven't been able to be at church, we have misunderstood the access that we have to God through Jesus Christ. We can come to him, right? And we need to realize that God is with us and that we can connect with him at any moment. The veil has been torn, right? 
The presence of God is accessible to us as believers. And if, see, and if God's delivered you from an addiction and you stressed and you're tempted and you're tried, then he's there. All you have to do is call out to him, right? And, and if you have struggles with sexual things or, or, or issues like that and, and you're tempted and, and you feel alone, he's there. And if, you have, uh, if you've escaped unhealthy relationships and you're tempted to go back, or to go on to another unhealthy one. He's there to give you wisdom and to give you peace and to hold you close and to say, wait on me, I got you, amen? You see, Jacob woke up and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. We have to become aware of our access that we have to the presence of God. Touch somebody and say, wake up, God's here. If nobody else is in your car, just say it to yourself. No one will know. <laughs> right? Wake up. God's here. Verse 18. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had, oh, that breeze in the name of Jesus. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. In other words, the house of God. For the name of the city was Luz before that. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach on tithing. Although... Hey, don't, don't neglect to shout. Um, I don't want us to miss this. Verse 18 says, Jacob set the stone he used for safety as a place of worship. And the reality is, the reality is to escape our past, we have to learn to praise God for it. Right? We have to learn to say, thank you, Jesus, that you carried me through it and that you allowed me to go through it because it produced in me the character that I need to live for you in the now, right? Sometimes we despise our past and we despise what we've been through, but the reality is we need to learn to praise God for it because it made us who we are right now and God's got a call on us right now that is contingent on us having the character that we developed in the difficult season, right? Come on. Woo. You see, nothing breaks the destructive power of the past like a testimony, right? This is what Jesus brought me out of. And, and the reality is that some of us are ashamed to talk about where we've been and what we've struggle with and how we have been delivered. Some of us are ashamed to talk about it, but, but here's the news. Put the shame back on the devil where it belongs and go ahead and testify to what God has done in your life. Lastly, verse 22, we see something interesting, right? Jacob covenants to give a tenth of all he has to the Lord. The tithe, right? And it would be easy uh, 
to preach this, that you should just tithe. If you will just tithe, God will set you free from your past. But that's not true. That would be false teaching. <laughs> that would be false prophecy. Um, and that's not the point, really, of this. Although God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Uh, <laughs> pastor Brent, where are you at? I saw you honking. Praise God. He's been a pastor. He knows. <laughs> uh, so the point is, the point is this, that a man who has spent his entire life up to this point lying and cheating and stealing to acquire money and possessions and property is now walking in absolute and consistent generosity and giving with the Lord. Do you see the transformation that has taken place in Jacob's life? It is night and day. It is dark and light. It is black and white. It is transformation because, because um, you see, somewhere along the line, in spite of his past, Jacob made a choice to live differently. And if we are going to escape our past, we're going to have to come to some places where we choose to live differently. I like to say, well, come on, yeah. Sometimes we have this idea that, you know, I mean, and I do believe that the Holy Spirit will carry us and nudge us and lead us. And, 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 and the more we're around God's people and the more we're around the things of God and the more we walk with Jesus, that some things like, like, like holiness and sanctification just naturally flow out of us. But it, sometimes it has to get nitty gritty and we have to decide in the moment whether or not we're going to live for God, right? We have to decide whether or not I'm going to honor God with my life in this moment. The decisions of a disciple. You see, here's the paradox this morning. And the irony of this whole message, to escape our past, we can't outrun it. And we can't hide it. And we can't hide from it. And we can't ignore it. And we can't sweep it under the rug. The reality is, before we can escape our past, we have to face our past and let God grace our past. We have to own it and confess it to God and let him redeem it. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we have to live in opposition to it and make a choice to live differently. Parker, will you come? <sighs> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. It says, Pastor is sweaty. No, it doesn't say that. Hallelujah. Bless her, Lord. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. It says this. It says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, this morning,
some of us are running, just like Indiana Jones, running from that big, heavy boulder, right? We're running from our past story. We're running from things we're ashamed of. We're running from things that held us captive. We're running from things that maybe we're ashamed to tell anybody or or tell anybody. And some of you are running trying to get away, but you don't you don't have a safe place. Let me encourage you, this church family is a safe place. Let me encourage you that in Christ there is a safe place. Some of you, you haven't found rest. You're still trying to work it out. Work it off. Pay the price yourself. But Jesus has already paid the price this morning. You can rest in him. Some of you need to engage with the spiritual battle that is going on in your house, over your own life over your own eternity, over your kids, over your marriage, over, over your call and your destiny. Maybe you haven't learned to connect with God for yourself and this time has, this time has exposed that. If nothing else, if nothing else, this quarantine time has exposed in us Maybe a weak spot that we, that we depend on other people. We depend on the crowd to carry us near to Jesus when we need to learn to come near to him on our own. Some of you, you're walking in shame and today some things have hit home about escaping your past and you want to do what Ephesians 4 invites us and you want to take off the old self and you want to put on the new self go ahead worship team come on up they're going to lead us in the song my chains are gone we're going to close out pastor charlie is going to speak a, a blessing and a prayer over us as we head out today But if you're there in your car and you say, you know what? I need to make a response. I need to make a commitment to Jesus as a result of this message. The Holy Spirit's working in me. He's dealing with me. If that's you, I just want you to put your hand up. Put your hand up where we can see it. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask the Lord to help you.